Hello and welcome to Furloughed, Defining Moments Worth Talking About. I'm your host, Leonard Cochran, and Steve Otterstrom is with me today. And this is the Monday before election. So big day ahead for many folks. And I was telling Steve, uh, it, it's kind of kind of been a scary weekend, Halloween and now the election. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I, the, the one thing that I do know for absolute certain is regardless of what happens tomorrow, somebody's going to be unhappy. And so uh, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but just kind of a, a retrospect as to where we are and what's happening in our world here in the United States today. So Steve, uh, I, I know obviously it's probably too late for most folks other than you dear folks in Utah to get out and register to vote. Um, but uh, it, what, what have you yeah. got to say today? <laughs> it's true. If you're, if you're in a state like Utah, you don't even have to be registered. You can, you can go to the polls with the information you'd need to register, and you can actually register, register to vote and vote the same day, but you'd have to do it at the polls. There's no, <laughs> no mail-in ballot, no early voting uh, for you anymore. And, you know, if you are registered in, in other states and you haven't voted in a little while, I mean, it certainly wouldn't hurt to check your voter registration. You can do that again on uh, vote.gov. Uh, you could see if your state also allows same-day registration uh, to go vote. Uh, but do get out and do that. Um, I think we we both, well, I know Leonard and I both agree that, that this is really the kind of thing that is moves almost to the level of a duty. That yeah. um, you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your neighbors, that your opinion actually counts for something. Um, if, if we knew that there was one person who always had the right opinion, we just put them in charge. But um, <laughs> And we've certainly not found that person in history. Yeah, so. At least not in my opinion. Recent, yeah. <laughs> Their right opinion well, conflicts with mine. So. <laughs> well, and I am, I am excited, though, to see, I, I read it somewhere, an uh, actual news article, not just a Facebook post, uh, but I did read it somewhere, that at this point in time, the early voting accounts uh, for 50% of the same numbers that actually voted in the 2016 election. So let me make sure that people understand what I'm trying to communicate. So as of right now, the tallied number of, uh, well, they haven't counted the votes, but the votes are in to be counted. Mm -hmm. If if we stopped right there, that would be 50% of the volume of voters that voted in 2016. So I'm hoping what that means is we're going to have an even larger number of people actually turn out at the polls and we'll have a higher percentage of eligible voters vote this year than maybe what we've seen in a number of years. And that yeah. would be exciting. It uh, would be. It would Because be. to your point, uh, every voice, voice needs to be heard. And there's <laughs> nothing worse than that person that sits on the sidelines and afterwards just complains about everything and never did anything to get out. So at least this way we're expressing our views and our uh, our desires and and we'll see what the tallies bring come late yeah <laughs> late tuesday night or whatever the case is and so. of course i i don't want to speak for the entire country uh, but in many places there were more options and, and opportunities uh to than, than maybe in the past you know i know at least yeah, in my state and, and i and i don't know um I don't know how it was in others, and and certainly I I, I do believe uh, the claims of voter sus, uh, suppression and things that uh, that certainly sometimes happen if you if you have limited polling places in large populations, 
but um, at least for me, I had the option. I could, I got a ballot in the mail uh, that I could fill out and sign and follow the instructions and put it back in the mail and not even leave my house, or I could drop it off in a drop box at the county building. Um, and for those of you that have your mail-in ballots, don't put them in the mail now. <laughs> Run them off to the county building or where, wherever your drop box location is and get it in there. But there were, there were certainly, um, I felt, many opportunities to get uh, your voice heard. So uh, hopefully everyone's done that. And at the very least, regardless of how this turns out, at least we'll know. Right? Yes. Yeah. At least we'll know. Um, it's sometimes not knowing can be as as difficult as as anything, and, and we may not know for a little while. So, yeah. um, if you're listening to this and you're you're thinking I'm gonna um, pop a, a a bottle of champagne tomorrow and celebrate that my candidate has won, or pop a a bottle of a less celebratory alcoholic beverage and commiserate that my candidate has lost. Um, probably want to put off your drinking until maybe a little bit later. We may not know um, yeah. for a while. Well, so pace and, yourself. Yeah. And, and obviously too, a number of our listeners are going to be listening to this long after the results have already been uh, announced. And so being mindful of them, there are other things other than the election. Uh, Halloween happened and uh, we've got, to me, it's really the precursor to the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Obviously, we've seen those uh, pumpkin Reese's candy out in the store since July, uh, but it really, it really to me does feel like the holidays are here and coming fast. And maybe some of that comes into play of being back to work for about three weeks. I've kind of had to look at my calendar a little bit, think ahead of time a little bit more mm-hmm. than what I have when I've been on furlough. And so I really kind of see, uh, you know, this fall season is always such a great time for me. Anyhow, I love the fall weather. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of approaching the holidays. And so uh, I, I know you talked about the idea of, of maybe uh, an idea for us to converse about today. So I'll, I'll let you kind of announce that because I know that ties in so well with sure. holidays, but it, it can be beyond just holiday season as well. Well, and I, I think even in some ways, just to kind of uh, take it back a step and, and, and remember, you know, we, as we we're talking about the election, anxiety is something that's felt on both sides of the of the aisle. So those of you who already know how the election turned out, um, and you're listening to this now, put yourself back to how you felt <laughs> when this it probably was recorded. won't be hard. <laughs> and, and, and more than likely, uh, there's anxiety there. I, I, I think um, for those who support uh, Biden, there's this concern that he won't win and we'll have four more years of Trump. For those who support Trump, there's this anxiety that um, that they won't get those four more years and they feel like somebody will come in who will change their their system of government beyond um, what they're comfortable with. So um, if you're either side that you're on, uh, there's this potential for anxiety. And, and, and what I find interesting is that this time of year, it's, it's kind of like they pick November 3rd, um, as have many different um, uh, cultures and societies pick this time of year to deal with their anxieties. I mean, Halloween is essentially um, a holiday. I mean, it comes from Ireland. It used to be Samhain. And Samhain was this um, celebration where people would put on masks and and try and scare away the, the spirits that could cause them trouble through 
the very scary winter season. You know, right now we, we go, oh, winter, it's going to be cold. It's going to be this. And we and we feel a sense of dread, but we don't feel like, oh, it's winter. We might run out of food <laughs> before we can plant our crops again. Uh, we didn't get a big enough harvest or um, the, the fears that ancient humans dealt with this time of year uh, were really much deeper <laughs> than yeah. what we deal with now. And, and kind of the way they combated that was by turning to, you know, their beliefs and and the belief that they might be able to scare away that evil that was coming at them, you know. And, and then over time with, with ha- Halloween or with Samhain at the time, you know, it, it became Christianized as, as so many holidays have, have done. I say Christianized, people are like, well, I don't think Halloween's a Christian holiday. Well, I mean, there was a time. All Hallows' Eve was really the Eve of All Saints' Day, and that was um, a time where uh, saints, both those who were known and unknown, were celebrated. And uh, people used to go around, poor people used to go around caroling from home to home and um, uh asking for bread, for singing, and things like that, uh, which many people believe turned into the tradition of, of trick-or-treating. And, yeah. It'd um, be interesting to see how that works out today, <laughs> at least here yes. in America. <laughs> well, maybe we should go caroling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we, a bit early, aren't you? <laughs> we we kind of moved that tradition back a little ways. Uh, yes. But but even then, you know, it's like we, we, have, we have found these – celebrations as kind of a way and in fact you know we go into christmas and and it's uh pagan or uh, origins and and you you see you know solstice and this mm-hmm. celebration like you know what it is the darkest coldest day of the year but you know what we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna give um a big middle finger <laughs> to the the scariest darkest time and we're just gonna celebrate we're, we're going to, um, you know, festivals of lights, you know, like with Hanukkah and things, you know, we are just going to, um, we're going to, we're going to put a, enough lights out there that, that we say, you know what, we're going to have hope in the midst of a time that we really shouldn't, you know, and that darkest, coldest time of winter, there really shouldn't be much hope except for hey, huddle down and hope that this ends. It's not a time to say, let's eat an even bigger meal than we normally <laughs> eat this is the time that we that that it would make sense for us to say no we're gonna we're gonna continue our rations maybe we should make it an even smaller one um it kind of um is this idea that a celebration of abundance when there isn't any is almost maybe the best way to move towards there being some sort of abundance so there's there's power in these rituals (laughs) yeah no i like that steve thanks Thanks for the history lesson. I'm I'm glad we have one historian here on the program. <laughs> I, I I did not necessarily recognize that was some of the some of the depth and some of the meaning behind that. But I I love the vision of that. Of, uh, of course, I I love the idea of having abundance and that kind of an abundant mindset as opposed to a scarcity mindset. And, I'm not exactly a Norman Vincent Peale kind of a guy, but still, it it, <laughs> it still does uh, kind of help you maintain a better attitude. And so that's kind of kind of well, neat to hear some of the background there. And maybe the key is only have that abundant lifestyle a few days out of the year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as long as you can afford it. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, and you think back to Charles Dickens and, and the Christmas Carol, and 
And, yeah. um, and during that time when, you know, they talk about cooking the goose and things, people um, actually had savings plans where they would put money towards their goose all year long. And then, mm-hmm. and then they'd go down and they'd collect their goose. And, and it really, I think it, I think it was actually Charles Dickens Christmas Carol was the first time they introduced a turkey into mm-hmm. it. You know, and, and kind of led towards that that sh- that shift, but it's kind of like people really plan for that abundance too. You know, mm, yes, uh, I don't have a savings plan for my Christmas <laughs> meal, but um, I do know a lot of people that do that for gifts and things that they. Yeah, well, it's it's funny. Yeah, we do have so many traditions and so many customs, and uh, I, I know as a child, this this is really bad, going to date me. Uh, but our bank had a Christmas savings plan. And so mm-hmm. it was called the Christmas Club. And as a child, we could save, or at least I could afford to save either a quarter or 50 cents a week and deposit it in this plan and gain interest on that. And so at the end of the year, I think I think we got $50 back plus a little interest. And uh, of course, that wouldn't get you very far today. And it makes me feel or sound a whole heck of a lot older than I am. Uh, in fact, I don't, you know, it's it's far enough back that banks actually paid interest. So that, that probably dates me alone right there. <laughs> I mean, technically they still do, but. <laughs> oh, do they? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think unless, you know, I think of with, um, I've got a credit union, I've got a bank and, and my, my bank, it's kind of like you pay them if it's under $10,000 yes. that you have yes. in there. And then if it's over that, then you, you, you might get a teeny fraction of a percent of interest yeah. That, yeah. that comes in. So what about you, Steve? So in, in your upbringing, did you have some uh, traditions or some, some things that you did that just kind of stood out to you and were meaningful to you? And you we we certainly there? did, you know, um, and, and I guess kind of just going along the theme of the holidays that we just had, you know, um, uh, you know, my, my parents were always um, looking for something new or something, something better in like, their diet and the way to live your life. And, um, uh, one of the things that they, uh, decided wasn't healthy was, uh, binging on candy. Um, I do remember when I was really young going out and, and, uh, trick or treating and loving that and, and, and feeling like as that pillowcase got heavier, uh, with candy that it was just, I had such a, I was so wealthy with candy, (laughs) but, um, it wasn't actually too long into my childhood. I think I was probably, um, I was certainly in grade school. I don't know exactly when, but they decided that wasn't really healthy uh, for us to go out and get all this candy, which was kind of like deciding that Christmas was canceled. It was, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, it was kind of a bad thing, mm-hmm. but um, they didn't want to just take it away without replacing it with something and, and realize there were six kids in this family. My dad worked at the phone company. So we didn't, we didn't go out to eat. That was just something that, didn't happen. And many of you that came from um, larger families might have had very similar experiences that there's just no affordable way to take six kids out to eat, especially at a nice place. Yeah. And, it's hard to find a table too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but uh, what they decided is that Halloween, we would, that was that one day a year, that was when we got to go to a restaurant. And the restaurant we went to, and this is going to maybe not sound super cool to you, but it was like the fanciest, most amazing place in the world, Sizzler. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) We got to go to the Sizzler, 
and we would get the all you can eat salad bar. <laughs> Every Did you get single state too, or just the salad bar? <laughs> just the all you can eat salad bar. Now, you, some of you may remember that Sizzler used to have a pretty remarkable all you can eat oh, salad yeah. bar. It In was it was almost a buffet, yeah. and um, and so that was that was like the the big thing that we would look forward to. We didn't get any other entrees to go with it. It's just every single one of us got an all you can eat salad bar. And then we'd go there and it was, it was so exciting. I remember my older brother, he had this, we would, we would plan for this. Like, yeah, next year I'm going to try and eat the whole salad bar. My, my older brother had that idea that he's like, well, Michael, we go there. I'm going to try and eat the whole salad bar. So he methodically started on one end and um, <laughs> he started with the grapes. He got himself this huge plate of grapes and he ate that whole thing. And he was like, yeah, I made a significant dent. I'm going to go back and finish the grapes. And he went back and discovered they'd all been replenished. Yeah, they refilled that thing. <laughs> yeah. Gone. Who yeah, you can't eat the entire salad bar or it would be gone. But, you know, those were fun memories um, yeah. uh, that we had uh, doing that. And it, it really was exciting for us, even though um, <laughs> it was sad to lose the trick-or-treating, uh, going to the Sizzler and having the all-you-could-eat. A salad bar was a was a real treat for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know for for my family upbringing, uh, and again, kind of keeping along, thinking of holidays. Uh, probably, you know, I'm trying to think through. We were kind of on again, off again with trick or treating, so that was never as big to me as what it might have been to some people. But pro- probably the most constant uh, in my upbringing was we on Christmas Eve would Christmas Eve night uh, would kind of, well, not kind of, we did gather as a family and uh, we would go through the Christmas story and then we would mm-hmm. open, uh, open, open our gifts there and, and Christmas story for those that don't call it the Christmas story. It was, we'd go through the biblical account of, of Jesus birth and read that. And of course it was always uh, challenging as a child to sit there and hear <laughs> the the story read in Shakespearean English as you're <laughs> trying to figure out what it means at your age, uh, but nonetheless, that that was pretty much the most constant tradition. Uh, we would do that, open our gifts, and then in our family, Christmas morning, we would open our stockings and just kind mm. of sit there in our pajamas all day and eat leftovers and do whatever. And so it was really Christmas Eve night was kind of the big event for us, and that was one of the traditions that we had uh, the most constant. Yeah, we kind of um, had, had you know, I think it was actually my mother. I think she was the one that really thrived around tradition because, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's interesting because tradition is one of those things that you may go a couple of years pushing against it and then you couldn't change it, even if you wanted to. <laughs> like, you know, like we, we had um, around Christmas time, we had all kinds of traditions that were just our own family traditions. So the first was just like yours on Christmas Eve, um, we would we would reenact the nativity. So we actually had the, the costumes and things that were really in bad shape as long as I could remember them. Um, mostly like for the wise men, it was just um, decorative sheets and things like that. We had yeah. one real costume, which was the lamb costume. And whoever was the smallest had to wear that because it wasn't very big. And uh, my poor little brother, the youngest, he was he hated being the lamb. He's like, I don't want to be the lamb again. <laughs> but um, 
we we would act it out. My sister Mary was always Mary. My brother Joseph was always Joseph. We didn't have a Jesus in the family or a Jesus. So, <laughs> um, but that that played the role of many beloved toys. Like I I had this ET doll that was was my favorite toy. I I had actually gotten it one Christmas. Uh, when I, I think I was maybe five, I think it was five years old when I got it. Um, I had gotten it on this Christmas that I was actually sick. And I remember, I still remember opening it up and getting it. I was so excited. I slept with that doll. And for many years, um, we had a baby Jesus that was E.T. Extraterrestrial. <laughs> well, um, you know, <laughs> descended and ascended, I guess. <laughs> exactly, but you know, it was it was a cherished item, and it became it was it was a cherished uh, baby Jesus, and then you know it came went on to be different dolls and things over time. Yeah. Uh, but in addition to that, um, when my grandmother died, she left us. She she was born. My grandma grandmother was born in eighteen ninety nine. So she had a lot of old things. She had a lot of old kerosene lanterns and, mm. and we'd never got to light those except on Christmas Eve. And then we would turn off all the lights in the house and everything was by lamp and by candle. Mm. And, and we would do the um, nativity like that. And then when we were done acting it out, um, my mom had one of those old fashioned candles that you hold the handle on and, you know, um, and you could walk around with it. Gotcha. And uh, we would take every, every, she would take everyone to bed, starting with the youngest. And we would sing silent night as we ran around the house, dropping them off. And that was the only time I can remember ever being tucked in. I'm sure there were other times, but with six kids, unless you do it methodically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> have to be a little self-sufficient. <laughs> that, that <volume>. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'd go around and she'd tuck us all in and sing silent night. It was actually a you know, very tender uh, memory. And, you know, none of those things cost any money. Um, right. And and it's where most of my memory of Christmas comes from. And mm. then um, we'd all go to bed. And, and I remember thinking it was hard to sleep, but I, I'm sure we fell asleep a lot faster than I thought. Um, I did one time hear Santa actually mm. in the house. And of course, I kept my eyes shut because um, <laughs> I didn't want Santa to know I was awake and leave. But I did hear Santa one time uh, putting the gifts out. So uh, I told my brothers the next day, and they're like, no, you can't hear Santa. He's too fast. But I did. I heard him. <laughs> so, so no one can tell me Santa's not real. I actually had an experience with him. There you go. Um, and then the next morning, we would wake up, and um, we weren't allowed to run into the um, – we couldn't. We weren't allowed to go into the living room with the tree at all. Uh, we We – could wake our parents up when we saw the first light outside. So um, we were all kind of like, yes, there's a little light. There's a little light thing. Let's go wake them up. Then we had to eat breakfast mm -hmm. and it was always a big breakfast. Uh, you know, the whole, whole deal with eggs and sausage and, and things you didn't normally have, but a big breakfast that normally we would have loved, but was torture on that day. And then uh, we had to line up again and order youngest to oldest. And my dad had gone to the, um, into the living room and he'd start his old electric train, which again has an incredible story. This old electric train he had gotten for Christmas uh, when he was younger, his, his, his dad was a coal miner. Uh, there wasn't a lot of money, but his younger brother who had several palsy had no toys he could play with because he couldn't hold them. And so um, his uncles and his father had all pitched in and bought this 
Lionel Electric Train mm. so that um, his brother with cerebral palsy could could play with it because he could watch that train go around and around and apparently and around and around and around and around, around. Yeah. and he would he enjoyed it he loved it and oh. um, and and so that train had special meaning as well we didn't get to take it out any other time except on christmas yeah. and uh you know my dad would would start that train and once we heard the train going around the tree we could run in and and just ravage our presents just tear them open and yeah you know, so good memories, good traditions. Um, I've tried to make my kids wait until after breakfast to open theirs, but it, it just didn't quite <laughs> quite catch in the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that we had the same fortitude that our parents did. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, and it's, it's you know, we, we really did grow up in a different era than what our parents did. And even as, as we think about our childhood money, uh, childhood memories, money was so different then than it is now mm-hmm. uh and, and just uh as you share those stories it's like yeah we we were all poor somewhere in the 70s you know i don't think <laughs> yes. anybody was wealthy back then it seems <laughs> there wasn't any oil the, yeah, you know, there was yeah exactly. the inflation that was going out of control and um and I know one one thing that we had, uh, and I don't even know when we first got them, but we had these Christmas stockings. And again, our tradition was to open them Christmas Day. Uh, they were naturally felt stockings. And I, as best I know, they were homemade because everything mm-hmm. really that far back was homemade, it seemed, uh, other than the gifts you got to oftentimes. Uh, but anyhow, the felt stockings and the stockings had little snow men or snow women, you know, for, for my sister and my mom. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and they were glued on to the red felt stocking or green felt stocking. Uh, and, and they had little chorus books, you know, they were, they were caroling. So they had little cardboard books that were covered with cloth that they snowmen held in their hands. Well, we had those socks, those stockings so long that they actually begin to get wore out. And so my mother, one year, uh, by then we were teenagers, I'm sure, uh, rebuilt those stockings for us. And so I still have my stocking today that is, at this point, a replica of what I had as a child. (laughs) But it's kind of funny, though, ever since they were redone, I mean, they literally had holes in the toes of them. And of course, we used to stick oranges in them. Okay, kids? do you want an orange for Christmas? That's what we'd get oranges and peanuts that were still in the shelves as well as a couple of comic books. And, uh, uh, that might've been it. I don't know. (laughs) But anyhow, uh, once, once they were replaced, it just wasn't quite the same as that old worn out stocking that we had had. (laughs) Uh, But at least I have the memory of the original and I have a copy of it. So lots of fun. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how, and I think, I think this would be, it's worth bringing it up. And I know it's kind of seems like we just jumped the gun and run right on to Christmas, but I think something to, to remember, cause this is a, a difficult holiday season. It's probably a more difficult one than, than I can remember. I mean, we've got the pandemic going on. Um, yeah. We, we've have the, uh, here in the United States, we have the election and um, elections bring a huge amount of stress and contention even among family members. Well, just uh, the holiday season themselves bring oh, stress. The expectations. We, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The expectations yeah. that occur. And mm. I think back and, and it's, it's like both of us have these really fond memories of really not the big things that we got, you know, for mm. Christmas, but um, 
these traditions, you know, <laughs> and and I do kind of wonder if if this might be a year where where some of us would do well just to kind of um, take a break and fall back on the past, fall back on the traditions <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. that that we've had. Because I know this is also, um, unfortunately, and it's always been this way, uh, that the holiday seasons tend to be um, a time where when suicides go up. Um, when, you know, the rate of depression, and I think some of that might have to, as much to do with just the climate, you know, seasonal depression is a real thing. We don't see the sun as much. We're creatures who need it. Yeah, exactly. Here in the United States and in other places, maybe. And I'd I'd be curious to see if some of these trends reverse in other places, you know, Mm -hmm. like when, when I lived in, in, in Uruguay, um, of course we're in the other hemisphere and, (laughs) Christmas Day was 90 degrees outside Fahrenheit, yeah. and um, Christmas yeah, Eve had been felt more like the Fourth of July for us, you know, where we shoot off tons of fireworks. There were <laughs> big yeah. bonfires. I, I do think it's unfair that they go surfing in Australia on Christmas Day. <laughs> that, that there's just uh, such a such a foreign concept for where <laughs> I grew up. We we had the snow on the ground, so uh, yeah. We always hoped but, we would, at least. You know, sometimes yeah. you get a brown Christmas, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you're definitely right, though. I mean, it, it it can certainly be a hard time of year for a lot of folks for a lot of varying reasons, right? You know, we've got loved ones that have passed, and every holiday always tends to hurt when that happens. Uh, the shortness of days, if you live in our continent, <laughs> you know, just like you said, with Christmas and the solace there, the shortest day of the year. And I, I know it is frustrating to, and I won't have this experience this year uh, because of not driving to work. I'm fortunate to be able to work remote, uh, but to get up in the morning, leave for work when it's dark. And when you come home for work, it's dark before you even get out of the building. Yeah. And, and that definitely, you talk about seasonal depression. That's a, that's a difficult thing to struggle with. Cold, wet weather. Anyhow. We don't want to run down this road too far, but I think <laughs> what I'm you... getting depressed. <laughs> yes, now that everybody's depressed, let's see if we can turn around. But I think you're right. It, it, it kind of is a neat time to look back at some traditions uh, and to um, some of those memories. And, you know, that's really been done throughout history, of course, anyhow. And somehow in looking back at those things, it oftentimes does bring hope for the future. And I, I don't know the secret to that, uh, but I know as just listening to you talk about your childhood and as I reflect on mine, I, I, I know actually part of it for me is just knowing I'm in, I'm in a better situation now than I was mm-hmm. then. And, and so it's kind of neat to think about what was just crazy simple things then that brought us such joy and, uh, kind of rekindles it by thinking about it and whether to your point we're talking christmas but i mean thanksgiving you know we always for whatever reason it seems like we had ham on thanksgiving and Mm -hmm. turkey for christmas and uh so you know and i think about traditions some of my traditions weren't necessarily traditions of other folks as well right Mm -hmm. and so it uh it, it just really though i think it makes us a richer people for having some of those and at least taking the time from time to time to go back and reflect on the meaning of them why we did what we did and how significant it was at the time and things like that 
Well, I think maybe um, it, it, sometimes we think, and, and, and through the holidays, there's a lot about sharing. You know, what can you share with people? Mm-hmm. You know, they're from, from the perspective that there's usually somebody, at least here in the States, there's somebody ringing a bell outside every grocery store asking for your spare coins and now that nobody carries cash anymore, I'm not sure how well that, <laughs> yeah, that, no, that we works. We don't have coins anymore, apparently. I guess, <laughs> yeah, the that's true. It's cranking again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we might not even have any. But I guess it's kind of moved in, inside where, you know, it's not uncommon now at, at the store for them to ask if you want to round up to the nearest yes. dollar um, to support some some cause that's in there. But um, then, of course, if you if you have children and family members, there's, there's the gift exchange which can be hard if you if you don't have uh, much to exchange, um, but what I, I just kind of dawned on me is we all have our stories, right? We all have our stories. We all right. have our experiences, and um, and it, at least looking back on my own life, there are a few presents that I remember. You know, ET, the one I brought up. You know, that was. <laughs> That was a cherished gift that I actually still have. He's been through now two childhood childhoods, wow. mine and my children. Um, poor guy does not look good. Does not look. Yeah, I'm not sure ET looks good to begin yeah, with. But he's uh... not phoning home anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> he's, uh, he's he's had better days for sure. Yeah. Um, and then and then I do remember getting a, a barn set. You know, I had this little barn I got where I could mm. open the door and it made a moo sound. You know, but otherwise, I can't even remember most of the things I, I got for Christmas. Yeah, um, yeah. But I do remember being together. I do remember hearing the stories and especially like bringing up the train, you know, that electric train. I, I never met my Uncle Paul. He he died uh, when when my dad was a kid, you know, that. Um, yeah. But that's when we would ask the questions about <laughs> about our uncle yes. Paul. Yeah, you know yes. that's when, and that's when Dad would 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 bring those out because throughout the rest of the year, we're we're talking about you know logistics, who's going where and doing what. But on that one day, that train comes out, and we get to hear about the uncle we never met, um, and 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 learn to really. Um, connect in a sense you know as we saw that same train and hear my dad talk about um you know how he how much he cared for his brother and how people didn't understand him you know that that he was he was um extremely intelligent had learned how to communicate a lot of things uh to the family with the way he would place his tongue Mm -hmm. um about how um he was often uncomfortable and he had no ability to shift. You know, we think of how often you shift in a chair right, right. <laughs> to be comfortable and how uh, Paul couldn't do that. He couldn't shift in a chair um, and, and make himself comfortable. And so, you know, they learned to kind of, um, in a sense, they were the only ones that could understand him and what they needed. And uh, it, it brought humanity to those holidays. And if you think about it, all a holiday is, is a story we don't want to lose. Yeah. Yeah. We do lose yeah. it, right? Over time, we think that uh, Memorial Day was a celebration of, of boating. <laughs> it's celebration of the first day you can take your boat out. <laughs> I don't have a boat, yeah. but, you know, um, or, or of shopping for things. We, but the truth is every holiday is actually just a story we don't want to forget. And we, we have the opportunity as we go through the holidays to decide 
what stories we want to pass down. And of course, we can let the realtor, uh, the, the retail establishments decide that the story we pass down is what we could afford and what we couldn't. But yeah. I think we can take that back and maybe in a year like this, this is an opportunity for us to perhaps kind of take a stand and decide what stories we want to pass down. Yeah. And it's interesting, Steve, especially uh, you're talking about the pandemic and the bigger things that are happening this year. It, it really is funny. So for those of you that are listening that may feel disparity or, or disappointment because of what's in front of us and anticipating the agony of being alone or quote unquote socially distanced this holiday season, um, just like Steve said, as we think back, I mean, gosh, your brother uh, and your brother's family dealing with all of that with your Uncle Paul was not an easy thing at the time. And again, I can remember during the 70s, that was, oh, you talk about an energy crisis, you know, oh, it was the end of the world and we were all concerned. So I can remember the year that we did not use lights on the Christmas tree to help save money as well as to support the idea that we were concerned about fossil fuels and whatnot. And so, you know, we strung popcorn, uh, we used, well, you can't even find them now, but that once upon a time you could get small cereal boxes, like a dozen <laughs> of them in a big plastic package. Uh, oh, I uh, love those. I thought they were so special post when I got them. Yeah. Now they're in little plastic bowls. So I don't know what, you, <laughs> I guess you make igloos nowadays because we actually made houses out of those miniature boxes, you know, and some construction paper roofs and you wrap the box up and drew windows and doors on them. And we hung those on the tree. In fact, I know we still have a couple of those homemade ornaments today. And, you know, this is good. <laughs> How many years later, you know, 40, almost 50 years later uh, that we still have some of those within the family. I don't know that I do, but so, yeah, it's definitely a time where we can look back, remember and reflect. And even, even if you seem to feel isolated alone, there's certainly some good memories there to reflect back, I'm sure, at some point as you kind of delve into what does each holiday mean to you. And I know we focused a lot on Christmas, but obviously there's Hanukkah, Thanksgiving, and whatever holidays you may be celebrating in your nation for those of you that are our international friends. Um, but it's it's just a rich, rich time, and it can be. I think so oftentimes in our lives today we get busy pressing forward that we don't take the time to reflect back as much as we need. And so use it as a time to reflect, but allow that reflection to kindle some joy in you. I think that's a really just a kind of a great place to kind of leave that conversation. Um, however, I would just like to say that, um, and again, this is maybe a little bit of a shameless plug for what we're doing right now with Upwards Unlimited. And so if anybody feels like I'm selling to you, um, please forgive me. <laughs> but um, we've, we've run a couple of these workshops now um, that we're doing completely free. They're, they're, don't, don't worry about like, oh my goodness, they're going to ask me to buy something. Um, the workshops are completely free and they take 40 minutes. And we're showing people how to host a holiday event. Um, on on Zoom <laughs> or on whatever social platform you have, how you can actually have a Zoom holiday event that hopefully can help you build some of these memories 
and continue some of those familial connections. Um, I think the feedback that we've gotten so far from people who have attended those is there were just a lot of things they didn't realize that they could do. Mm -hmm. uh, that there's a lot more than just having everybody get on a collective call and have their faces show up in little boxes that there are so many ways that you can connect on these virtual platforms. And one of the things I think about, you know, a hundred years ago, uh, the Spanish flu was, was the pandemic and we didn't have the same medicine um, and the ability, abilities to fight it. And, and people were dying. I mean, um, I know that at least during World War I, you had more American soldiers die of the flu than died in battle during World War One. We kind of forget about how deadly it was, and 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 it was it was one of these things that caused fear and anxiety. And you know what they didn't have back then was an ability to have a Zoom call. <laughs> they just had to isolate and maybe maybe write a letter one to another, you know. But we have the ability now to do so much more than what could be done in the past, and. And I feel like we should lean on that a little bit and we should use this as an opportunity to, to still come together, to still connect. I do realize that for many of you, this will be really different. And, and some are probably saying, but I'm still having my Thanksgiving dinner. I'm sure you are, but there's a member of your family who won't be able to attend, you know? Um, so how can you host not a whole day spent on zoom, but 90 minutes spent on zoom or, or, or an hour and and allow that opportunity to have that connection um, during during this time where it's it's getting darker and colder and for some of you scarier. <laughs> um, lean on your family, allow that connection to take place. So, anyways, um, there's information in the show notes. We still have several sessions uh, that are not even close to being full yet. We have room. We can take uh, quite a bit uh, more people in those. Uh, so, so I would suggest you consider that if you, if you feel like uh, it's something that would benefit you. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. And, and just in, in the event you don't see it in the show notes or you're just listening and don't read show notes, uh, you can always look for it on Eventbrite. And we're, the title's pretty catchy. It says, Learn to Host an Unforgettable Holiday Event. <laughs> Anyhow, we will have the link in here for you as well. Yeah. So, with that, folks, uh, like Steve said, I don't want to necessarily add to the prior conversation, but we do want to encourage you to take a moment to reflect, and uh, we do hope that that will bring you some peace and bring you some joy in doing that. And uh, drop us a line if you want to reach out to us for any reason at furloughedmailbox at gmail.com, furloughedmailbox at gmail.com. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up this week. And uh, we've got a long ways in front of us, the holidays yet to come. So we hope that you'll have a great week and we will see you here again next time at the same place. Bye-bye, everyone.